Blog Talk Radio.
And good evening, everybody. Good evening, South Shore alumni. This is for South Shore alumni. This is the South Shore Tires for Life show. Uh, it is Monday, July 11th. And I, uh, before I start, I want to thank my uh, last guest, the last South Shore Tires for Life uh, guest I was able to get on with uh, was with Brother Daryl Hayes. And that was a great interview. Uh, you can catch it on uh, in the archives. Uh, uh, blog talk radio uh, forward slash Keith Letso. You can catch that in, in any other show that's been done on the network. But yes, I remember the good times, baby. Uh, I, I love doing these shows because it really has done what uh, I intended to do, uh, what, what motivated me uh, to do it in the first place because it, uh, it it helps keep the spirit alive. It really helps keep the spirit alive. We don't have to wait uh, to every year for their event to, to take place. Uh, you know, I know Facebook helps a hell of a lot as far as uh, keeping in the contact, but it's still nice to to kind of get to know some of the alumni, some of the people who you've known and uh, seen around, but maybe didn't really didn't really know per se, but it's just nice to hear what they're into, uh, uh, what their take was on as we were coming up and their influence and their bucket list. And just it's just interesting to me. And uh, it's been interesting to pretty much everybody. And I want to thank everybody who's come on the show. And uh, I know I had intended, <laughs> I put a list out about a month ago about, uh, put a few names on uh, who were going to be coming on. But because of work and, you know, situations, you know, some of them have fallen through uh, and some of them are still pending. Uh, this Wednesday, I'll be talking with uh, Brother R.F. Farr, basketball star. Today, I'm going to talk to uh, a very, very proud alumni of the class of 1976. And this one is kind of special to me because uh, when I first started doing the road to the reunion show last year for our South Shore 40 year reunion, this sister was the first caller on the show. I'll never forget that. She was our first caller. I'm going to welcome sister Darlene Denise Campbell. Darlene, how you doing? And thank you for joining me. I'm great, Jesus. Thank you for having me. You've done a wonderful job. I can't always listen to the show, but I do listen to the archives. So I'm so proud, so proud. Darlene, uh, before we before we go into uh, anything, uh, I know uh, Mom Lena Campbell. Uh, I know she had been hospitalized, and uh, I tell you, you, put a beautiful, beautiful picture of her on uh, uh, Facebook yesterday. I thought it was just gorgeous. I, I called it the oh, Black Pearl. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yeah, she wanted me to show people how less than 14 days ago, God is good, and she's back to being her own self, and she appreciated all the prayers and the well wishes. And she knows half of my South Shore class, because some of us went to Brimar together. I moved to South Shore in eighth grade. So she knows a lot of my classmates personally. So she was really happy everybody took the time. And I thank everybody that did. Well, spread the love to Mama Lena Campbell. Uh, I was I was talking to you before the show. I was going to try to kind of squeeze her in and say a few things with her, but you said Mom was chilling, and we don't we don't we don't mess with moms when they're chilling. We're gonna let Mom right, just relax. Right, and when she started talking, she wouldn't have got off. So that's another reason too. <laughs> she would have took the show over. Trust me. It'll be the, the, the Lena the Lena Campbell show, huh? Oh yeah, it would have turned into the Lena Campbell show. Well, yeah, spread, spread the love to mom. I'm, I'm sure I speak for I'm sure I speak for uh, all of our South Shore alumni. That's one thing I can say about our group is that you know when we hear of uh, situations such as, you know, we flock, and with heartfelt oh, yeah, we uh, really thoughts, do. with yeah. heartfelt thoughts. Yeah, we always do. That's another thing I love about them too. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna go back and kind of you know uh, bring ourselves up to date, but you know. Uh, it's just something about that period of time. I, I, I don't know. It, it was just such a, a, a great period, a great group of folks. And from your perspective, what, what do you think of when you kind of reflect back on those days coming up through South Shore and even Bryn Mawr? Yeah, well, like I had first moved to um, South Shore area right when I was getting ready to go into eighth grade. We moved to the South Shore area from uh, 59th and Michigan. I went to grammar school and all the way up to seventh grade. But my cousin, Sharon Hurt, they lived in that area, so I did know one person. So when I went to Bremar, at least she was there, and then I, you know, met all of my lifelong friends in my eighth grade class, the Darlene Fullers and everybody. 
So, you know, we assimilated well into South Shore area. And um, we had a new teacher for eighth grade, like one of these teachers who just got out of college, and we were like her first class. And her name was Miss Melberg, and I would never forget her. And she she really didn't, you know, feel comfortable instructing people, and half of the class was bigger than her, taller than her. And um, I just felt sympathy for her because, you know, anytime you're new and don't know what you're doing, children will take advantage of it. So I used to just stick close to her and say, it's okay, they don't mean what they say. But other than that, it was a great experience. And then once I went to South Shore, I was, like, excited. I'm like, I'm in high school now. You know, when you're first in high school and you get to change classes and all that was exciting. And that's the difference between us and the youth today because we didn't have the video games and all the stuff to occupy us that they do. So it was exciting to see new people and go from class to class because now you felt like, okay, I'm a teenager now. I got this thing on lock. And, again, we weren't dealing with all of the crimes that Chicago has now either, so it was easy to walk to and from and just hang out. So, yeah, going to South Shore, yeah. And and it's crazy because I know all of my teachers. I see a lot of them. Ms. Cobb, my gym teacher, it was a funny thing. You know, when we were in the old building, we um, took swimming. And I had never swam before and didn't want to swim. So she was mm-hmm. like, well, Campbell, you got to get in there. So I was sitting on the edge. I'm like, okay, give me time. Give me my thoughts. And she pushed me in. Oh, that Sorry. was it. I'm like, I'll never get in this pool again. Never, <laughs> ever. So with females, you know, we didn't couldn't swim. We would say regular, you know, like we can't get in the water. I did that mm-hmm. for the whole semester. And she tried to um, fail me. And um, I told my mother, you come to school because she traumatized me. <laughs> I've never gotten in this pool. And I don't swim to this day because of Miss Cobb. And she's a deacon really? now at Trinity United Church of Christ. And every time I go over there, I say, see, I could have been an Olympic swimmer. You traumatized me. And she just laughed. Wow. And then Mr. Shapiro, of course, he was my first English teacher and then got me into creative writing. And he's still my lifelong friend and teacher. So you made connections at South Shore. And I don't know mm-hmm. if high schools now do that, where teachers actually invest in their students and take time. One, they have different things to deal with than they had when we were there, because all of this stuff now wasn't happening, and they didn't have all of the tools and technology. Yeah. It, that was it, a great it, time I, to grow up. Yeah. Absolutely. These days, we, we've, uh, you know, sadly, it's, it's almost like we've, we've locked into some type of mental uh, health uh, situation. Uh, for right. various reasons, and uh, that just didn't mm-hmm. exist when we, were, when we were coming up. Well, you got younger you people having kids, you know. Yeah. We had yeah. parents, you know, <laughs> married parents, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's a whole different dynamic. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I can I can do a whole show uh, right. to take us all the way off this on that one. So I'm going to stay on track a little bit. You mentioned uh, Darlene Fuller, uh, Darlene Fuller Davis, as one right. of your uh, friends, and who 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 was who was your circle? Uh, in addition to Darlene, who was your circle of uh, uh, friends it's who you could meet? Oh, there's so many. Um, Cynthia Davis, Darlene Fuller, um, Harry Kendall, Janice Quinn. Um, oh God, it's so many. Seti Ann Smith, and oh, it's so many. And I'm old too. I mean, I know I'm going to see. I mean, like just a whole bunch because I talk to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I might not have hung with you a lot, but I talk to everybody. So, you know, I can count them up. In my class alone, and I think we had like 600 graduate, in my class alone, I talk regularly or often enough to about 45 people on a regular basis Wow. high school. Yeah. Wow. Now, you, you are in uh, Bloomington right now, right? Yeah, I've moved to um, Bloomington in 2005 and my dad died in 2006 and I moved my mother down here with me because I'm an only child and I moved my mother down here with me and then I realized okay this is not really easy because I was working at State Farm at the time and I worked nights and um but she loved it you know a little quiet town she started my church and got really involved and then after a while, I was like, okay, I need help. So I came back home to Chicago, and we moved to Calumet City. And then when that area changed, I'm like, we're going back to Mayberry. 
because this is like <laughs> stress free, crime free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, we just got to go back down there. So we moved back. It'll be three years in September that we've been back here. And I also, yeah, when I graduated from South Shore, I came to Illinois State. So I was familiar with it. But when okay. I came back, it, it was totally different. Where I live right now was all farmland. None of this was here. So. Yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I, Bloomington is beautiful. I lived there too for, uh, I actually, I worked at State Farm uh, about four years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, I had a six right. month contract. Oh, I, but I stayed over there by uh, Heartland, over there by Heartland College, back in the middle of a cornfield. Oh, okay. But it yeah, was, uh, yeah. it's a I live time. right across the street from State Farm Corporate and right down the street where I used to work at um, State Farm South. Okay. Yeah, that's a yeah. huge facility, man. But I'll tell you one thing. Yeah. About State Farm, if he was a blindfold somebody and take him in there and take the blindfolds off, they would think they was in India. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh please, my whole complex, my whole complex is that. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Whoa. Well, they're the so, computer geniuses for State Farm. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They. It's a. It's a good place to work. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Good spot. So yeah, you uh, man, you you could probably run off a few names. You you probably think later on about a few names of those people who uh, was in your circle later on that you kind of left out. You got so many folks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a bunch of them. Oh, it's a bunch of them. And we're still in touch. You know, and I always said Cynthia Davis is like one of my really good friends and she's in LA. And um, actually I lived in LA twice. So um, we talked, we talked the other day and I told her, I said, see, this is why we ought to talk more often because we'll do three, four hour phone sessions to get caught up. But that's what friends do, you know. Yeah, yep. Uh, I had something right on the tip of my tip of my thought, and it slipped. It'll come back. It'll come back again. So, <laughs> hmm. Okay. So, so uh, as far as educators, uh, what what are some of the what what are things that you can look back on that uh, advice that was given to you? that you can look back on and say, man, you know, uh, that was something good to hear because it's helped to make you who you are today. Does anything stick out? Yeah, it was um, two people. It was Dr. Marshall, because I used to be like his little assistant in the office on study time and in between class. And, And one thing he told me, but again, because I was raised by great parents, and I was bought up in the church with great people that support me. Um, but he also saw it like not even knowing who I was because we went to the new building in sophomore year. And that's when um, I started interacting with him. And he said, you know what? He says, as much as you talk, you're going to be a leader because you can bring people together. And that always stuck with me. Now, I had been told that before in the church because I was a leader in the church, but to see an educator see that in someone that they didn't mm-hmm. really know, then I knew, okay, well, this is, you know, what I'm supposed to do. And Miss Jenkins, you remember Miss Jenkins? Oh, yeah. I was in her she marketing ran class. Decca? Yeah, I was yes, in DECA, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you remember when we get jobs, right? Oh, yeah. When she get us jobs, okay, so I, for whatever reason, like all the boys were getting like Popeyes and those kind of places. Some of the girls was getting Walgreens or whatever. And she's like, I mean, she's calling me Miss Campbell. You know, she always called us Miss Campbell or Mr. Whatever. Miss Campbell, you're going to Saks Avenue. And I'm like, what? <laughs> when I tell you I never bought a check home for Saks Avenue, I am not even lying. I'm like, why did you send me here as much as I love clothes? And even after school, she stayed in my life for a while, you know, a long time until her passing. So, yeah, she was a great influence. Deborah Farrell um, was funny. She was the funniest teacher. I'm like, this lady's great because, you know, Miss Farrell didn't hold her tongue. She going to say whatever she Uh, thought. And I used to laugh because I never saw a teacher like that. They would straight cuss somebody out in the middle of a class. I was like, oh, my goodness. And, um yeah, so she's been my um, friend now. Like, she's no longer a teacher figure. We're friends, her husband, her family, her grandkids, everybody. And we stay wow. in touch. So it was a lot of relationships built even with teachers. And, of course, Mr. Shapiro is supportive of anything all of us do. I don't care what class you were from. 
he is one of the greatest supporters of teachers that we have at South Shore High School. But, you know, I'm flashing back on Ms. Jenkins because uh, what she really did with you, she gave you probably, uh, not probably, but a very, very high honor because I I saw what she was doing when I was in the class. I know uh, Brother uh, Willard Taylor. He, she had him at Seaway Bank, and uh, mm-hmm. I remember Gwen. Gwen, uh, I can't think of Gwen's last name, but she had her. She, he, she I believe she was at uh, Saks Fifth Avenue. Uh, mm-hmm. But that that was really, really a tribute to what she saw in you all, and uh, right. that is really a high honor. I hope you saw it that way. Yeah, uh, because. It taught us, you know, we're in an inner city and we're in an inner city school because by the time I got to South Shore, there were no more Caucasian students there. You know, they were all almost gone because they had moved out the area as well. So to send me to a place where I truly was the youngest African-American female, you know, there and working with other people, she knew that I could do it. And that's one of the things I do thank her for, to see it in me that she's not going to be intimidated She's going to go there and be Darlene and do everything decently in order. And that is what she saw. So, yeah, she was, she was a special lady. Now she had me at, I think I was at the time. I remember, remember Turnstile on 87th street. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I I was up in there, but I was thankful to get that. I wasn't a good student. I'm a late bloomer. I wasn't a good Mm -hmm. student, but uh, I, I, more than me up for it. So now you have a son who uh, also graduated from South Shore, right? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, my son basically grew up in Atlanta, and then in um, eighth grade, we moved back to Chicago because my um, father was ill. So we moved back to Chicago, so I sent him back to the Catholic school that he had started in um, kindergarten, St. Clotilde in the Chatham area. And when we were looking for schools, I was like, well, I'm going to send you to South Shore because some of my same teachers are still there and I'll be um, feel better about you being there because I know people that will look after you. And because of his grades, he was in the, um, forgot what they called it, but it was like all students who did above average kind of work and stuff, they all stayed together in advanced classes all four years of high school, which means they didn't get involved with the other stuff. I mean, they saw the people, but they never were a part of that group because they had the same classes all four years all together. Mm-hmm. And Miss Farrell, actually, once we got there, she said, you know, we're looking for a uh, local school council president, so we're going to put you up for it. I'm like, put me up. I don't want to be a local school council. She's like, well, you're going to be. That's how Debbie talked to you. She don't ask you what you want to do. <laughs> she tells you what you're going to do. So I'm like, okay, and I was working for Ameritech at that time at Schomburg, out of Schomburg every day. So we only had local school council meetings once a month, so I would just leave early to come to that, and I did that all four years. So that was another thing, not only to be a former student of the teachers that I had that were still there, now I became a peer and a participant in the process of it, helping our kids make it through school. So that was pretty powerful, too. And now, to be asked to do it and trusted to do it. Now, being in that position, you, you really have a close-up on things that people like myself hear about, read about, but you are, like, right there in the face with uh, some of these situations and the, the, the different uh, demeanors that we have in the, the people today. What, mm-hmm. I mean, what, 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 was that, what was that experience for you? Well, with, it was weird because, you know, this is my school, so I never even thought, you know, to be in that position. And then to still have some of my teachers still there when my son was there and them actually being supportive and, you know, helping me when I needed help. And at that time, Eddie Washington, do you remember Mr. Washington, Dr. Eddie Washington? Uh, I remember the name. He was like a vice principal back you know, when we were there, just getting, I think when my senior year he might have came. But anyway, he was the principal at that time. So I had a lot of support from people that I knew. And, you know, if if they wanted something that I didn't want, I fought for it. I'm like, no, this is not 
you know, you all, you know, help me get this position and I'm going to do what you say. No, my child goes here. So the best interest for me is for my, what my son and his fellow students will have to deal with. So we began to work together, not as student-teacher, but as peers. And that was weird, but it was also a great experience. Uh, one one question I, I, I missed out on, I think that that's the one that uh, I dropped out of my little memory bank. You know, had to, you ever do that sometime? You go into the kitchen and then you yeah. look around and say, why am I here? What the hell am I coming well, I live, Yeah, every day. Every, look, I live with my mother every day. <laughs> <laughs> Back, uh, back back during the during the South Shore years, you know, doing doing them solid teenage years. So who did did you have a schoolgirl crush? Schoolgirl, who who was my first crush? Cage Weatherspoon. You remember Cage? He was class of '74, I think. Tall, light skinned green eyes. Yeah, that no, was my little schoolgirl crush. Yeah, my little schoolgirl okay. crush. And then after, I think maybe in my senior year, I think that's when I met my son's father. But other than that. Yeah, Cage Weatherspoon was my little first school. See, I was grew up in the church, so I had crutches on people at other churches because I was heavily involved in church. So okay. really, when high school, you know, I was everything was church for me. So I got you. I got you. Yeah. I kind of came up in. I came up in the Baptist church. Go to grandma mm-hmm. all the time. Grandma, me and my cousins. Right. And was on West Roosevelt Road, Church of Christ. I remember it was on West Roosevelt oh. Road somewhere. Oh. Uh, we were in the projects at the time, <laughs> but uh, what we're gonna do? Because I want to get into some other things we want to get into. I know that you uh, have had and and are working on uh, a radio show, also on Blog Talk, which you want to talk about, and uh, I'm more than happy to help support it. But what I want to do is I always do take an old school break. You know, I mean, we gotta. All right. No school like the old school. We take an old school break and we'll come back and pick right back on us. So we'll be right back. All right. All right. Thank you. 
okay, we're back. And you know me, I gotta gotta do the old school. I mean, I'm I'm old school to the bone. <laughs> I know that. Right. I don't know. We we lost that music. We we got to get our music back. You know, I want to just say this real quick. I went to the Essence Fest for the first time. Uh, uh, was it Friday before last? Whichever Friday it was. Mm-hmm. And man, yeah. I tell you, uh, it was just what I needed. I, Kenny Edmonds and uh, Maxwell and uh, okay. New Edition. Man, I'm telling you, I'm still floating off that. I went there with a good friend of mine. Like no. Okay. It was old oh, school. Was and it was, what's that? Yeah, yeah. Shireen yeah. the Okay, yeah. Yeah, Shireen Snow. Yeah, we had, had, had a great time. It was just what I needed. Man, I say I got to get out more often. <laughs> I got to get out more often. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I know that uh, what's going on, uh, tell me about your show uh, that you had and the, the show that you, what, what you're trying to put back together again. Yeah, I did a show um called Living Your Life on Purpose. I've been doing network marketing now probably about 18 to 20 years. And what I found in network marketing is that most people just focus on, you know, getting people making money. And I had to look at it and say, when you don't really think about the people and their needs and, you know, where they are in life, it's a mindset to do it because you're just out there promoting someone else's business, but you're also getting paid for it. And and that's what an entrepreneur is. You know, even if you have your own product or you work with a company where you're in control of your product, it's a mindset because, you know, the old saying is some will, some won't, so what next? But you have to prepare for that. A lot of people can't handle rejection, and you definitely mm-hmm. can't be in network marketing and not be able to handle rejection because it's got to come from your family and friends first. You know, I, I have more customers and business partners that I don't even know as opposed to family and friends because everybody's not um, comfortable to step out and do their own thing. You know, 10 years mm-hmm. ago, I stopped working for anyone because, it it didn't make sense to me. One, I could do any job if you teach me, and I have customer service skills that I'll always have, but I realized I wasn't happy anymore. I worked for Amtrak for 10 years, so I'm vested. And in four years, I'll get a railroad pension, but in four years, I probably won't get it because I'll be making more money than I'm allowed to make to get the pension. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. um when I say live your life on purpose, you have to find out what you really want to do in life. And I'm not telling people to quit their jobs. People got obligations and all that. I understand that. It's it's what I did. But even if you want to do something on the side, you have to invest in yourself. You have to have confidence because you have to talk to total strangers most of the time. And if you're not comfortable with that, then you you can't do this. You know, you can't be in that industry because you're going to wear out your Walmart market real quick and half of them are going to say no. So you're going to have to learn how to market yourself, talk to people that you're not comfortable talking with, but be passionate about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So that's how I approach with that. So living your life on purpose was just giving you confidence to be you, find out what you want to do, not saying quit your job, but if you just want to learn a hobby, if you want to learn how to paint, just step out on faith and do it. Live a purpose-driven life. And going to work every day is not a purpose-driven life. Oh, man. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. And I I hear you, you know, because people seem to be so hesitant. I mean, how many people do you know that tell you that what they wish they had have done at a particular time? Yeah, Yeah. right, You know. right. And that's that's another reason why I started doing this show. Uh, I was nervous. I've never been a, a gift of gabber, you know, not publicly. Mm-hmm. I can be fun on an individual basis and so forth. So I, I had to get used to this, and I've kind of grown yeah. into it now, yeah. where I'm not nervous at all. I used to be nervous. I'm not. No. Not mm-hmm. I have a little butterflies, but I mean, it's it's all good. Right. You know, you just got to jump into it and just be confident with it. And you're talking to people you know, too. You know what I'm saying? But once you start being comfortable with that, then you can talk to anybody. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you could interview President Obama now. You've got it going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, 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 one of my most highest honors was I did have a chance to interview Dr. Francis Cress Wilson. Uh, 
uh, the late Dr. Chris, oh, okay. Chris Walker, who's a hero of mine. And uh, she gave me an hour and a half interview that I still have. And uh, okay. I will treasure it. I treasure that, that, that hour and a half with her. Man, right. it was incredible. Now, are you going to be putting this show back together? Is it coming back on the air soon? Where do we stand with that? Yeah, but, you know, I have, like, five projects running right now at the same time. Yeah. So I'm just um, figuring out. Actually, I redid my um, – and, and this is one thing I do love about using this format because I haven't done it probably in a year. And when I went back to my account, everything is still there. My old archive shows. I'm like, see, this is why I like these people. So really all yeah. I have to do is activate it again. But right now I don't have the time. I, I don't have the time. Because, again, when you work for yourself, that means you work 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> you work while you sleep. Because <laughs> that's how you get paid. So Whenever um, you get it back it in, yeah. Yeah. Let me know, and uh, I'll be more than willing to put it out there for you. I mean, we need we need to get out there and network and, and be heard. But, you know, I, oh, yeah. it just yeah. needs to happen. Anybody want to call in? Uh, I see we have got a couple of people listening, uh, which I do appreciate uh, without a doubt. Seven one eight six six four nine five one three. Seven one eight six six four nine five one. Seven one eight is very cold. Seven one eight. I believe it's Jersey. I'm not sure. I believe it's Jersey. Oh, okay. But uh, if you if you if you're listening and you want to chime in, just press the uh, number one on your keypad. I'll see that and we'll bring you on and you can spread your love or show us what you think and everyone say say what's on your mind. Just put it out there. And uh, we have somebody who has done just that. So uh, Darlene, let's just take a call before we go any further. All righty. All right, we'll take a caller with the two o two area code. Caller, are you with us? Yes, I am. Greetings. Hi. Class of Oscar, what's going on, brother? All right. Hey, Keith. Hey, Darlene. Hi. Who is this again? I didn't hear your name. I'm sorry. Oscar Martis, one of the twins. Hey, Oscar. Yeah, one of the twins, <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, Oscar. How you doing? I'm pretty good. Our reunion uh, specialist. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, September 9th uh, uh, on a Friday night. Um we can't wait uh, for that to happen, but you know, with reunions uh, and as you know, as we uh, move up in age, you know, things uh, begin to occur like life happens, and we've uh, lost quite a uh, few of our members. And uh, yeah. Darlene, uh, I was calling uh, into this radio station because uh, uh, Darlene has volunteered to, you know, uh, help us, the reunion committee, in putting something together to do a special memorial for those we have lost over the years. And we appreciate that, uh, Darlene. No, no problem, no problem. And I always check the page every now and then because, again, I don't know everybody, and I don't sure. know who knows people, you know, to get um, pictures and the date because I think that's important. Tomorrow's not um, promised to any of us, and we were such a close class for the most part. And, you know, just to remember, I mean, my own cousin died. I think this was the second year now. It doesn't even seem like time just goes so fast. Sharon Hurt. You all called her yeah. Sharon Hurt. I called her Cookie. And she died two years ago. So, um, yeah. And, I, and I, like I said, I, I'm very busy, but I do go in there time to time to see if there are any, you know, new names or people contacted family members that they might know. Because I wouldn't want to do one and leave people off, but if no one gives us the information, then, you know, it's nothing we can do about that either. Right. Yeah, yeah, I thought that would be important, especially for 40. I mean, we don't even know if we're going to wake up tomorrow, let alone, yeah. you know, be here another 10 years for 50. So while yeah. we have the chance to remember and reminisce, I thought 40 would be a perfect time to do it. And, and, and speak, speak, speaking of, uh, you know, like you say, we don't know if tomorrow's promise. That's why another reason why Oscar and I, when we did the show with Oscar, we wanted to make it clear that uh, this reunion, 40-year reunion, yes, it's going to feature the class of 76, but we uh, recommend and everybody to come out and uh, be a part of the South Shore alumni, uh, regardless of what year you are. And let's Absolutely. just make it special. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, because our goal is to reach out to as many people in the class as we can. We know that um, a lot of people may not be in in, in, in the, in the um, 
a situation where they might be able to come. We try to make sure it's affordable, uh, especially this time versus the, what has it been in the past. We usually try to put on about at least a two to three day event, but we wanted to try to keep costs down and and kept it to uh, a one to two day thing. We want to mainly promote the uh, event that's going to happen on that Friday night before we release any information about the picnic because we don't want to hurt our sales by uh, divulging that and then people just opting to just come uh, hang out with us at the park and do a picnic. So yeah. that's one thing. You know, these these reunions, uh, to put them together, cost money, and usually myself or and a couple of ladies that work with me, we usually put out our, our own uh, personal uh, funds to make these things happen, and the only thing we're trying to do is break even. So uh, we're not trying to make any money off of these, uh, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll get as many people who can come in, in the area as possible because, as you see from my 202 area code, I'm still in the Washington, D.C. Uh, metro area. Mhm. Mhm. Hey, hey, hey. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man. I know we we have a uh, picnic for the 75 class on the 22nd, which is coming right up, and uh, I can't wait to see the old preppies, man. I tell you, it's always special for me, and I'm looking forward to the 76 reunion also. Yeah, well, the spirit know, of 76. That's right. You know, originally I had a question for Darlene, but it was actually answered uh, on the radio. Uh, I said to myself, Darlene, you have that you have that presence where you have a voice that can be carried on anybody's top. It seems like you've got a lot of activities going on. have had your own show going on, uh, live your life uh, on purpose. And I think that's great uh, that you've done those things. And definitely like to hear from you again uh, on air so the way that we can, you know, praise what you're doing because there are a lot of people from the class of 76 that have gone on to do great things uh, themselves and for uh, uh, to represent uh, the class of 76. Yeah, yeah, we do. We have a lot of uh, special people in our class. And I'm also trying, my birthday is October 1st. I wrote a book probably about 10 years ago while I was working on Amtrak and actually, I was just listening to all of my coworkers' stories and what they've been through in life. Because I've always worked in quote unquote corporate America, and trust me, Amtrak is not corporate America. Not only do we have passengers from all walks of life and countries, we have coworkers the same. And I ran the dining car, so while I was doing my receipts at the end of the night. My coworkers would be on the other side of the diner just talking about their lives and experiences. And I used to always carry my computer to work. So when I would go in my room, I would write their stories, don't use their name, give it a positive affirmation and a scripture to go with it. And I titled the book Life Lessons the Journey. So the next time we would go back to work six days later, I would have whoever I wrote the story about them, like, read this. And they read it because I don't use names. They'd be like, man, this sounds like my life. I'm like, yeah, I heard that week before last. I just wrote it down. They're like, what? How did you remember that? I'm like, I'm gifted like that. So that book will be coming out on my birthday. I'm self-publishing it, and it's called Life Lessons the Journey. Ten years later. But the Bible say, write the vision and make it plain, and it won't run from you. So. Mm-hmm. Well, Brother Oscar, uh, man, I'm glad you took the time out to uh, connect with us, man, make the call. and uh, Me too. Thank you, Oscar. We, we got the, everything, the festivities coming up. I uh, hope they jam-pack it. We, we recommend and encourage everybody to come on out to the uh, Class of 76 reunion and the Class of 75 picnic coming up uh, on the 22nd of July. So, yeah. Wish I want to make a final statement, picnic. Brother? But, uh, but I wish I could make that picnic, but... Uh, Unfortunately, I'll be here in the D.C. metro area, and I'm actually retiring from civil service uh, on the 29th of this month. Ah, okay. Well, congratulations. congratulations. Well, I will see you at the 76th reunion, that's for sure. Oh, yes. Thank you. (laughs) All right. All right, brother. Appreciate you calling in, man. You take care and peace and spread the love, brother. Sure will. Thanks, Master. Good night. Thanks, darling. Good night. So, Darlene, what? Uh, let's talk about that bucket list. I mean, what's what's out there that uh, 
that you would like to do, uh, maybe have done already, want to do it again? What, what's out there that you uh, that that you look forward to kind of dabbling into? What's what's in that bucket list of yours? Um, I also want to do a like life lesson. The journey is not only my story, my coworkers' stories, some of my family members' stories. Again, no names are used, but I want to do life lessons for teenagers. I used to be a youth um, director at my church, and teenagers in this millennium go through more than what we went through because we wasn't exposed to as much as they are now. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't have cable TV. Remember TV used to go off at 12 o'clock with the Star Spangled Banner, and that was it? Yep. <laughs> and then it didn't come back yep. on to the morning. Now they got mm-hmm. Netflix, Hulu, every channel in America, so they're exposed to more. And they're going through things. So I just want to get a group of teenagers. I have some young cousins, and I have people at church. And just let them tell their stories and put that in life lessons. What I want it to become is like a chicken soup kind of thing. Life lessons Mm -hmm. is a journey for my generation, for teenagers, for seniors. You know, I talk to a lot of seniors all the time. You know, my mother's a senior. Half of my relatives that are still here, church members are seniors. And I just want to go back to their time, you know, growing mm-hmm. up in the segregated South and then coming to the Midwest and the opportunities that they did and didn't have. So I wanted to really become a series like Chicken Soup, but it'll just mm-hmm. be life lessons the journey. So that's the um, awesome goal. I, I love to write, and the person who got me writing in the beginning was Larry Shapiro. I wrote my first poem, and it was put in one of his first books that he did for creative writing. So I owe my writing to Mr. Shapiro. That's why teachers are important. All of them aren't good, but when you find the good ones, they change your life forever. Yeah, absolutely. You, you never forget. You never forget them. Well, you don't forget the bad ones either. But uh, no, you, you don't forget the, the bad ones. Right, but the good ones make a real impact, and if you Absolutely. understand what they're trying to give you and take hold of it, it'll stay with you forever. Yeah. Let me ask you this on a, on a kind of serious note, because I know Oscar and I kind of dabbled into uh, this topic on our on his interview, and just about the state of where we are today. Uh, when is there? I have my opinion, my opinion about uh, things and why they are the way they are, and what we could probably do to uh, some things we can do to to help resolve the situation. But when you look at the state of us as a people today, what, what kind of comes to, to your mind? What, what what are we missing? What do we need? What happened? Well, we, you know, and, and that's the thing about growing up in the city, even in the neighborhoods in Chicago, everyone knew everyone on their block and probably three or four blocks down because we went to the same grammar school, most of the time same churches. So it was more of a, not a family atmosphere, but a community atmosphere. I remember mm-hmm. we used to live in 5929 South Michigan. That's where I grew up. It was a courtway building. In the summertime, we could be outside, but we had to be in the courtway because everybody could look out the window and see their own children. And everybody held each other's children accountable. It wasn't like my mom's dad, and I'm an only child didn't say, oh, well, if you see some Darlene doing something, don't say anything to her. No, if Darlene's doing something, say something to her and then tell us. People cared about one another. Our teachers lived in the neighborhood. You saw your teachers at school. You saw them at the grocery store. Some was my next-door neighbor. So it was more of a community of people taking care of each other. Now we have a generation of children who were had by children you know, preteens and teenagers. And then their parents wasn't older than they were raising children. So there's a different dynamic that we didn't have because even if you didn't come from a two-parent home, most people had a mother and a grandmama or uncle or somebody living in the house or they had male figures if they were boys that was a part of the family and made up the slack for maybe not a father being there. But we don't have that now. And if you're not involved in any sports activities where there, you know, you have to have some sort of discipline, or if you're not involved in a church, so they're just out there by themselves. So mentorship in our own community 
is one of the things that can be done to, one, say, I've been where you are. I didn't have to go through as much. Don't you remember when we were growing up in Chicago? And I lived, like, on 59th and Michigan, so we had the Black Star Rangers, the disciples. But one thing I know for sure, if you got stabbed by somebody in the game, you did something bad. But they weren't shooting. You know, they'll beat you up or stab you. That was the worst that was really going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is a whole different dynamic. So mentorship is important, be it a family member, be it someone in a school, a church, or whatever, especially for young black males. I mean, my son is in Chicago, and he'll be 38 in December. And I tell him, he doesn't do it, but I tell him, I'm like, well, call me when you get home. He's like, why well, I need to call you? Because you might not make it. Because this is a reality of Chicago right now. You might not make it. And then I always tell him, I said, how do you have my number in your phone, in your cell phone? And he's like, DC. I'm like, no, put mommy. If something happened to you and they get your phone, they need to see mommy so you they can call me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And why do I have to think like that? Because it's real. It's a reality. So I think if we, like, eat one, teach one, if you see mm-hmm. a child in your area or your neighborhood that don't have, you know, mother and father or is not participating in anything positive, go meet that parent. You know, and say, you know what, I know you're going through something or whatever. I wouldn't mind, you know, hanging out with your daughter, hanging out with your son, taking them to lunch, see what they really want to be. I got some books I need them to read. We have to start helping each other. You can't be afraid of everybody. And there's good in everybody, but it just has to be nurtured. Yeah. So I think if we just take the time and find a family member, you know, people are struggling all over. I'm self-employed, so I understand, but I've learned how to live in my lane. But mm-hmm. even when you see people struggling, you know, I feed a lot of people in my complex because I cook every day. And, you know, I'm like, oh, you don't have to cook. I cook today. And then they'll be like, oh, well, I know you like ice cream. But, you know, once you – and I'm talking about people from India who I can barely understand because that's what I live around. The yeah. people are people. When you are welcoming to folks, folks will be welcoming to you. Yeah, it, it's 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 not it's not all that complicated. Uh, no, I hope no, happens. and people, you can't be too busy because that child you might help might be the one that might have robbed you at one point. You got that right. You got yeah, that right. So. Well, we're gonna. Uh, We'll take uh, one last old school break. I'm gonna give you a chance to. Uh, I'm gonna give you make make let, let you make a closing statement. But I'll give you play this cut and give you a chance to think about it. Uh, whatever it is you want to share with the world from the heart and the, putting out there and uh, whatever way you want it to be received. Uh, when we come back, we'll give you a chance to do just that. All righty, thank you. We'll be right back. Okay.
And we are back, man. We got to get our music back. Oh, how do we let it? Oh yeah, yeah. How do we let them take the music? I was singing along. I'm like, yeah, that's oh. damn. <laughs> wow. Well, we're coming to that time, uh, Sister Darlene. We're gonna give you the mic and uh, just let you put it out there, whatever you have, and in uh, whatever way you want people to receive it. You got it. Thank you, thank you. As I was reflecting, and again, thank you for even honoring me, asking me to be on the show. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I know what it takes to do this. And you know, you you're lucky because I will talk. I've had people on my show say two words, and I'll be like, and, and then you know, you got to bait them. So you didn't have that with probably you'll never have that problem with me. But as I reflect on the 40th year anniversary coming up of graduating from South Shore High School, June 9, 1976, um, I even sang at the graduation on That's the Way of the World. Miss Dean, she made me do it, but I did it. At the, so I always say on my resume, oh yeah, and I also performed at the Harry Crown Theater in 1976. I don't say what for, but I do say that's what I did. But um, 40 years, a lot has happened in 40 years. So I'm going to leave with this um, quote that I love about change. Change, embrace it. The definition of change is to make or become different, alter, to take, put, or use in place of another, exchange to replace by another, modify, mutate, transform, turn, and vary. You have to have belief to do that. And change is the essence of life. Without it, you can't grow. A seed must absorb water, break open, and push forth a sprout in order to grow into a mighty oak. And human beings are no different. Change brings us the opportunity to be something even better than we were before. Never stop changing. Final Wow. Wow. Darlene, uh, it is my honor that you have taken the time to come on the show. I appreciate you taking that time. Uh, Give your love to Mom Lena Campbell. And uh, we are heartfelt thoughts. We'll, We'll roll with her. And I hope everything turned out okay, and I hope she continues to feel better. Uh, You take care. uh, Spread the love. And uh, I look forward. I'm sure I'll see you at the reunion. Yes, you will. Thank you so much. You have a great evening. Thanks again, Keith. You too. Peace. Peace out. And on that note, we'll close it out in the name of whomever or whatever, your spiritual power. Peace and good night.
have been listening to We Are Everyday People, Global Internet Radio Network. Peace.